This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample. I'm your host, Dina Marie Hale, and today on our program, we are going to be speaking about a path to peace. And it's so nice to have you in studio, Archbishop, uh, as we begin talking about peace and that path to peace. Would you please open with prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, You sent your son Jesus into the world to reconcile us to you, to bring peace to our hearts, peace to our souls, and yes, peace to our world, but a peace only you can give. Father, we pray for that gift of peace as we journey on this radio broadcast. We ask you to bring peace to the hearts and the minds of our listeners as we place this time in your hands asking you to lead us and guide us. And all this we ask through the same Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope immaculately conceived. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We are still in this Easter season, Archbishop, and I I really am inspired this year, particularly of hearing the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, it was not an easy thing for them to go boldly out there. I think of Paul and Barnabas. We're hearing a lot about their encounters, their difficulties, but they have courage, and that courage comes from peace. That peace comes from Jesus. We don't have a lack of conflict. We don't have a lack of difficulties, but yet Jesus does promise us that peace. Maybe just begin by giving us a sense of this world, the life that we live, it isn't without difficulty or suffering. Right. You know, I I think that it's important to to remember that Jesus told us (laughs) that, that he came to bring peace. You know, he said to his apostles, Peace, we, we, we have these words in, in Mass, right? Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. But Jesus also goes on to say, not as the world gives, do I give. In other words, uh, peace, the peace that Jesus brings to us is, is not a, a worldly peace, if you will. Because I think, you know, the way many people look at peace is they see peace as somehow the absence of conflict. And uh, peace, the peace that God, I mean, certainly that's one sort of superficial, really, understanding of peace. Uh, when we say the world is at peace, okay, that means there's no wars going on, all right? But it's that's a very superficial understanding of the depth of peace that Christ brings. You know, I, I think it's it's worth noting, by the way, uh, on on the very night of the resurrection, you know, so after Jesus has reconciled us 
uh, to the Father through his passion and death and now his glorious resurrection that we continue to celebrate during this Easter season on the night of the resurrection. And we, we get this beautiful gospel on Divine Mercy Sunday, right? And what's what brings greater peace than God's mercy? What does Jesus do? He comes to his apostles. He appears to them on the night of the resurrection. And let's face it, you know, when he appears to them in that in that room, uh, I would have thought they might be a little bit terrified mm-hmm. uh, because they're not quite sure what they're seeing here. You know, they, they might think they're seeing a ghost. Mm-hmm. And remember, these are the guys that ran out on Jesus. Uh, at his moment of need, except for St. John. Uh, so they might have been a little frightened. Maybe it's payback time, <laughs> you know. But Jesus comes to them in the resurrected body, and he says, the first words he says to them, peace be with you. Mm-hmm. Peace be with you. Let your hearts be at peace. Don't worry. You know, uh, yes, <laughs> you went through a great trial, and, and yes, you you in fear you know, walked away from me, you abandoned me, you, you hid and fled in fear, but peace be with you. You know, I, I, I love you. I, I reconcile you. So uh, the idea is that, that on the very night of the resurrection, flowing from the resurrection itself, Christ brings his peace to our hearts. But as you, as you said, Dina Marie, peace uh, that Jesus brings is, is a peace that can exist even in the midst of conflict, even in the midst of trial and tribulation and suffering, even in, in amidst great turbulence, there can be peace in our hearts, in our souls, because of, of, of the peace that Jesus brings, which is something much, much deeper. You know, we all know people, I know people who are in great trial. Mm-hmm. Great, and I would say even in great disturbance and, and suffering, even in sometimes family conflict and, and those sorts of things. I mean, let alone the <laughs> the conflicts and, and the suffering throughout our world. But even just in, we don't have to look to the the war in the Ukraine or what's happening in the Middle East and the and the driving out of the Christians from from parts of 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 the Middle East. Oh, we have to look just sometimes in our own families in our own life circumstances where there can be great conflict and, and, and trial and suffering and, and, and turbulence. But even in the midst of that, there can be peace. We all, as I said, we know those people who are in those circumstances, and yet they just, they just seem to have this peace about them, even in the face of those things, because you know Christ is dwelling with them, and they have that, that deep and abiding peace that comes uh, from their relationship with our Lord. Right. And as you say that, with a relationship with our Lord— and that, I guess in my short experience, it is in growing that relationship with the Lord that I can even start to have that inner peace. And, and that's the invitation is, will we grow in a relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ? Um, because that's the planting of faith in our lives is to, to be introduced to this, the lover of all lovers, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And so when we are facing war, we're facing poverty, we're facing all of these things that we see in our home, in our world, yet the invitation is to have a relationship. Right, you know, and I, I think that as we look at the situation of the world today, and uh, I mean, I maybe I, I, I try not to be overly pessimistic. <laughs> I may not be an optimist, uh, but I, I hope I'm not a pessimist. <laughs> I, I hope actually I'm a person of hope. Of hopefulness, uh, because I am a disciple of our Lord Jesus, and and I believe in His promises. 
I, I hope that I am a hopeful person, maybe not optimistic at times, but because because we look at the situation of the world today, and quite honestly, if we look at the situation of the church today and the church in the world today, it can be a little unsettling. It can be disturbing, and yet, where 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 does our peace come from? Where you know, because we can be filled with anxiety and worry, and and you know, and I listen, I. Uh, run into uh, Catholics all the time. And quite honestly, my good listeners out there, you know, maybe some of you who are listening tonight who feel greatly disturbed and greatly agitated even. I run into Catholics, quite honestly, who are angry. But I think the anger comes from a lot of fear and insecurity in, in what's happening in the in the world, in the church. And, and, and so it's causing a great uh, distress and a disturbance of their peace, and they're they're not at peace. And you know, I have to admit, I've been there. <laughs> I've been there myself at times when I don't feel very much at peace because I, I begin to worry and be anxious. Uh, and as as I've said, I think in in maybe previous uh, uh, conversations here on the show, you know, in the midst of everything that's going on in the world today, and yes, even in the church today, Jesus is not anxious. Mm-hmm. Jesus is not worried. You know, and I think we, you know, that may sound a little bit superficial or trite to say something like that, but when you really stop and ponder that idea, that with everything the world is facing today, and I, let's, let's face it, I mean, you know, if from a certain point of view, it looks like everything's going to hell in a handbasket, you know, as we say, you know, and even with with the situation in the church today seems to be very unsettled, shall we say? You know, I, there there is this 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 temptation to be worried, to be anxious, to uh, you know be even fearful, doubtful. Um, but we have to remember something: Jesus loves the church infinitely more than I do infinitely more than you do, Dina Marie, or anyone listening right now who maybe is very anxious and upset about what's going on. Uh, Jesus isn't anxious. Jesus is not worried. Jesus, as one of my priests said, has got this, you mm-hmm. know? And, and I think we've shared these ideas before, but I think in this context of peace and looking for peace in our lives in the midst of, of all of this uh, turmoil really all around us. We need to remember that God loves his church and God loves this world infinitely more than we do. And it's in his hands. Mm-hmm. Do we believe that or not? Mm-hmm. Do we trust in God or not? Do we trust in Jesus? Do we trust in divine providence or not? It's, 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 it's pretty fundamental. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, we're human. And like I said before, I have my moments. I have my moments of real unsettledness. I mean, you know, uh, as we record this, you know, we're, we're anticipating the, uh, the Supreme Court decision regarding the Dobbs case that could overturn the Roe versus Wade decision of 1973. Look at what has happened just with the leaked uh, opinion. Look at the turbulence, the violence even, the hatred in, in society right now, 
that's been opened up, you know, with, with just the leak of a, of a, a draft opinion. Heaven knows what's going to happen when the final opinion comes down, if, if this is what it, it's going to look like. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very unsettling. It's very upsetting. But I trust in the Lord. You know, it's, we've been, I've been, we've promoted on this program. We, I've been promoted all over the archdiocese. I keep promoting it, uh, the Surrender Novena, right? It's surrendering all of this to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's, it really comes down to that fundamental question. Do I trust God or not? Mm-hmm. Do I trust that God has got this or not? Do I trust that God has a plan that he is working or not? And if I, if I do, then I can be at peace because even though I may have to go through trial, even though I may have to go through suffering, I can trust that in the end, uh, you know, the Jesus will, will triumph. The, the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart of Mary will triumph. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. One of the things you said in one of your videos, Archbishop, and I love this line, when you recognize anxiety in your soul, lean into God. Mm -hmm. And I think many of us, maybe we can recognize our heart might start pumping faster. We we feel that anger. Maybe we turn red. Maybe there's just Mm -hmm. this confusion that we sense. But once we sense an anxiety, a worry, um, maybe it's a fear— maybe ways that we can lean physically, spiritually, we can calm ourselves, and it is by leaning into God. Yes, and that is the challenge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a challenge for all of us, uh, <laughs> me not, ex- not, not excluded, <laughs> right. you know, um, to remember that in the moment, to remember that in the moment. You know, we have to be very attentive. It's really a fundamental principle of, of spiritual discernment, a discernment of spirits, uh, quite honestly. If we, if we look at the Ignatian uh, method, if you will, St. Ignatius of Loyola and his, his method of, of discernment of spirits, his rules, if you will, for the discernment of spirits, you know, we need to, be, we need to pay very close attention to the movements of our heart, the movements of our soul, the movements of our mind when we begin to slip into, you know, whatever kind of uh, spiritual state uh, of, of anxiety or agitation or fear or doubt or anger. When we sense those, uh, St. Ignatius calls them desolations, spiritual desolations. When we begin to experience those things, we need to be very alert and very attentive. Otherwise, we give in to them. Mm-hmm. And these are from the enemy. These are from the enemy. God does not send us desolation. <laughs> you know, God can allow us to experience desolation and, and, and at the hands of the enemy, but only in order to strengthen us and to have us come through that by turning to him. So we need to be attentive. We need to recognize it when it's happening. And we need to learn this. It's a skill mm-hmm. and it's a habit. Uh, and it's a uh, it's it's an art really to learn to recognize okay i'm feeling that agitation again i'm feeling that lack of peace mm-hmm. i'm feeling that sadness i'm feeling that depression i'm feeling that that fear i'm doubting pay attention turn to god seek the holy spirit yeah. 
to bring us the peace and the consolation that we're, we're looking where we're looking for spiritual consolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when faced with desolation, when faced with the temptation of the enemy to desolation, we need to fight against this. And as you, as you said, and, you know, to really lean uh, in, into God, lean onto Christ's heart. You know, that image of, of St. John the Apostle resting yeah. on the heart of Christ at the table at the Last Supper. Uh, to, to lean on Christ uh, in, in, in those moments and to stir up in ourselves an act of trust, an act of surrender uh, to, to our Lord. Right. And when you mention St. Ignatius of Loyola, Archbishop, I think about how many saints, countless saints, have been in difficult persecutions. Uh, comes to mind Maximilian Kolbe. I oh love him gosh, so yeah. much. But, you know, his love of Christ, to bring Christ to people who were going to be exterminated, that he had such a love of Christ that I think the saints can be such our guides when we are in difficult times. The saints, the friends of God, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that uh, they learned to trust in, in the Lord. You know, and it, and it isn't, listen, this is, this is not easy stuff. Right. Let's, let's, let's be honest yeah. about it. This is kind of, as my dad used to say, this is where the rubber hits the road mm-hmm. in the Christian life. You know, it's, it's fine to be a good, faithful, church-going, happy, praying Catholic when life is, is pretty tranquil. But, you know, send a, a, a suffering my way, send a cross my way, and, and watch what happens to, to me. You know, that's, that's where the testing, really, of, of the relationship comes. And that, but it, but the, the testing of the relationship can deepen the relationship mm-hmm. if we, we, we approach those things uh, correctly and properly, you know, not, not uh, wallowing in the desolation and, and in the, the loss of peace, but really uh, seeking the peace and the, and the rest, if you will, in, in Christ. That's, that's very, very key, you know, because it, it, uh, it's, it's very, very tempting to go down, uh, you know, the wrong path. And uh, we need to be extremely uh, docile and, and, and focused. St. Paul, you know, you, you speak of the saints, you know. Uh, St. Paul you know, speaks of, of his thorn in the flesh, you know, and I, 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 I just, I'm very, I think many of us are very intrigued mm-hmm. by that passage uh, uh, from St. Paul where he talks about this, this thorn in the flesh that somehow afflicted him, and we don't know what it was. And there are many speculations, and one speculation, it was, it was the sufferings that he endured for, for his witness to Christ, you know, the imprisonments, the beatings, the shipwreck, you know, all of those things, you know. You know, when, when he's in the depths of that temptation to desolation, you know, when he feels defeated, uh, when he feels weak, when he, when he experiences the lack of peace, you know, he's reassured by the Lord. No, I'm not going to take this thorn away from you, the thorn in the flesh. He begged the Lord to take it away from him. He said three times he begged the Lord to take it away from him. And the Lord says, no. <laughs> you know, I think, and, you know, I think when we pray for these things, I know I do. And listen, I'm, I'm very human too. You know, when I, I, when I pray for things and I say, Lord, you know, could you just, you know, make this go away? Uh, and uh, the Lord says, no, I don't think so. Uh, because this is for your sanctification. Mm-hmm. And that's what he says to Paul. No, no, no. I'm not going to take this away from you. Uh, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. 
And then Paul goes on to say, okay, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to boast of my weakness. Mm -hmm. I'm going to boast of this thorn in the flesh because it is when I am weak that I am strong. And what what St. Paul means there is when I'm weak, when I know that things are out of control, then I can really surrender and submit to, to, to God and, and he can fill my heart with grace and with that peace that, that I so long for. You know, this is, the, this is the really the part of the genius, if you will, of any 12-step recovery program, which I think, I, to this day, I think the 12-step program is so Catholic, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in its spirituality. But, you know, the, if you just go back to the beginning of the 12 steps, whatever addiction a person might be dealing with, you know, that the first step there is to acknowledge that I'm powerless over this, whatever it is, I'm powerless over this. And my life has become unmanageable. Mm -hmm. I'm powerless. And basically my life is a mess. And then secondly, coming to believe that only a power greater than myself, that we call God, that we call our Lord and, 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 and Savior Jesus Christ, what we call the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit, only God can restore me, what, is, what does the rule say? To sanity. We might say peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the third step is made a conscious decision to turn my life over to the step says, you know, this greater power as I understand him, God as I understand him. For us, I make a conscious decision to turn Mm -hmm. my life over to Jesus and just surrender it to him and say, you know, Lord, I can't do this without you. And Mm -hmm. the the peace floods in. Yeah, yeah. And But we have to acknowledge and recognize, I don't have control. I can't do this Mm -mm. alone. I can only do this by the grace of God. Mm -hmm. And really, we're not doing it. We have to allow God to move in. I want to take the last couple of minutes and just, I know in May, there's been opportunities locally for people of different faith backgrounds to come together to pray for Ukraine. I think sometimes we need to have that tangible community building when there's division. That's where there's discord and there's conflict. But when we come together, and and as the church and members of her church come together, we we feel like, okay, the Lord can work through this active time of of praying together, have a service, share our thoughts, but maybe just your thoughts about us as a local church community and and various neighbors in this archdiocese who can come and to pray for peace, to work together on efforts of peace. Absolutely. I think the church can be a beacon of light and a beacon of hope in the midst of so much conflict. You know, certainly uh, the terrible situation in the war in the Ukraine is, is, is distressing for all of us. And, and so, you know, we came together as, as uh, different faith communities to, to unite together in prayer uh, in solidarity with the suffering uh, of the Ukrainian people. But let's face it, we don't have to look to the Ukraine to see division and conflict. Our culture, our country is so, so divided. We were before this pandemic, but I don't know, somehow the enemy, our ancient enemy, used this time of this pandemic to, just to drive a wedge of division and discord and uh, deeper, deeper between people. And there's so much demonizing of each other. And the church needs to be a counter witness to this by coming together, 
by uniting with one another, you know, to overcome the differences uh, among us and not to be driven by those divisions, driven by our, our political uh, opinions, our political ideologies, our social ideologies. You know, and that's, that's where a lot of the division is right now. It's not over primarily matters of faith. It's over uh, how we perceive culture, how we perceive government, how we perceive, you know, all sorts of political uh, ideologies. And we're letting these things divide us as Catholics, as Christians. And the church needs to come together. And as you say, when we come together and when we pray together and when we earnestly strive to overcome those things that divide us, uh, we help build peace in our world, but the peace flows from our own hearts. Mm -hmm. You know, I cannot bring peace outside of myself into the world around me until I know peace in my own heart, in my own soul. You know, I cannot give to the world what I don't have. And if I let, if I let uh, division, if I let my own uh, anger and my own disappointment, my own fear, my own whatever, rule my heart, then I, I, can't be a, I can't be an instrument of peace. I can't be a builder of peace uh, to others. Uh, so I have to look deep in myself. But when we do come together as a Christian community, uh, or even with other, other uh, ecclesial communities, even other religious communities, and, and somehow in solidarity with one another, we, we are a counter uh, sign to that division. And, and, a, and a sign for the peace, I think, that, that Christ wants to bring uh, to our lives, but also to, to, through our lives, through our lives, mm-hmm. to the world. Right. Be an instrument That's right. of your peace. As we say, I, I as St. Francis prayer. says. St. <laughs> Francis's prayer is so beautiful. And let's always call out to Our Lady, Queen of Peace. And with that, Archbishop, would you help us close yes. with your blessing? And through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, the Queen of Peace, may the blessing of Almighty God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families, your loved ones, our communities, our world, and be with us this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And thank you for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale, and until our next encounter, may God bless you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through matradayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.